everybody, check it out. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to start a podcast. It has all the tools in one place that you need right from your phone or computer to edit and publish your podcast. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listing platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. I'm using it right along with you. The Frankie Files. I have a podcast shout out for you. The Cult Vault Podcast is a deep, long format podcast that focuses on testimonies of cult survivors and victims of high demand groups. Host Casey releases weekly interviews with people from all over the world who've experienced the coercion, manipulation, and undue influence that takes place in some of the world's most infamous cults. Join Casey by listening to the Cult Vault podcast, available on all major podcast platforms and YouTube. And they also have an app. In the App Store, look for the Cult Vault podcast. You won't regret it. I'll be launching the use of a new hashtag, Occupy Cults. Occupy Cults certainly speaks for itself. It's time that we get the word out about the damage these cults do financially, emotionally, psychologically, sexually, generationally. And that's part of what prompted me to begin speaking out. The hashtag Occupy Cults should be placed on anything you want the awareness raised on. I notified the press my list that I use, and I hope that it will help them find stories to raise the awareness and to disseminate this information even more widely than it is now. So check out the hashtag Occupy Cults. Wear it on a t-shirt. Chalk it on the neighborhood. Get the word out. Occupy Cults means just that. Pay attention to what's going on. Those survivors who are trying to speak out need your support. It's extremely difficult for us. So thanks for listening and uh, check out Occupy Cults, the hashtag. Follow me on Reddit at Frankie Tees and on Twitter at Frankie Tees for supplemental discussion. The Frankie Files, Cults, Mind Control, and Sexuality in Society by Frankie Tees. If you would like information on cults in the news, please join my new substack, frankietees.substack.com. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of The Frankie Files. I'm Frankie Tees. If it's fourth Tuesday, it must be time to talk about adult children of cults. Help the show out and subscribe on your favorite app. Download the episode and tell a friend. As a show in its first year, we're on a tight budget and word of mouth is pivotal in interested listeners finding us. FFP is on all major podcast formats, including Spotify, Audible, Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Podchaser, YouTube for teasers, and posted to Reddit on our sub r slash Frankie Files podcast. You can also listen on my link tree and at the bottom of every Substack article. That's frankietees.substack.com for cults in the news. 
Special reminder, I have guests on months that have five Tuesdays. So during May, I have a very special guest scheduled. The interview is scheduled to air on the 31st of May, a Tuesday. The Frankie Files is dedicated to information related to recovering from cults and religion, but I'm using my own personal experience to research and put out what I wish I had access to when I first got out of a cult. So it's curated by a 12-year adult child of a cult. The downloadable show recordings are for anyone who knows someone who's been affected by a cult, has grown up and gotten out of a religion or dangerous cult, and I would include military or fraternity sorority to that list too. If you know someone who's in a cult or is dealing with recovery from harmful long-term effects of religious and high-demand groups, trauma, this is also for you. Anyone interested in what cults do and how they do it and how they get away with it? While I'm not extracting sexual assault from people in a new genre of porn I'd like to call cult abuse porn at the expense of the victim, I do not shy away from the difficult topics and bring you essays that I write or research from other writers on these topics. I also provide a trigger warning when needed, unlike the mainstream news. Not all the articles I quote are psychologists or experts or counselors. Those are belief system groups too, in case you didn't know. I believe that psychologists are some of the least informed about what we go through. Why? Because a lot of cult survivors never see a therapist. The setting cultists were traumatized in often demand confession, just like a therapist. So it's a major trigger for many people. Just saying. We have to go where we can and be comfortable. It's our right. Many people have knowledge on the topic of cults, but I noticed the loudest voices in TV and social media and media of all kind are those who spent the shortest amount of time in religious cults and who were in dangerous groups as adults. I do not see as many adult children of cults or cult kids as I've started calling us with as loud a coverage as the people who were in a year or two. Why is that? Well, that's one of the topics of today's show. The reason is society does not want to really know about the trauma caused by leaders and members of cults on children. It's very difficult to take. Well, yeah, imagine being the kid. Imagine the childhood robbed. I have a lot to say on this. And here it is. There are three types of cult survivors. Those born into a cult and never had a choice. Those who were exposed to a cult in preteen years because of parents or guardians. And adults who joined a cult or high-demand group. Each of us have different but similar issues, and it matters where in the development of yourself and your body you are in life when you become exposed to dangerous ideology. In fact, it matters a lot. In an aside, um... If you haven't already, I would recommend episode four on this podcast, where I present an introduction to adult children of cults with supporting articles from John M. Knapp, who specializes in counseling families who survive transcendental meditation and other religious and high demand groups that families survived. He's a family therapist and wrote a great article on how cult kids are much like adult children of alcoholics. Think of all the cases, the most notorious cults that you've heard of. They're probably adults you've heard from or have been publicized in the news. My new theory, just using logic and deductive reasoning, 
is that adult personalities, when they get out, if they choose to become healthy, they resume their previous personality before they were exposed to the cold. So they're much more recognizable in wording and personality to most members of society. But kids who were indoctrinated from birth or childhood or before their brains were formed at 21 are in the extreme. They're different from society. The words and expectations and word habits and attitudes and beliefs are so far from mainstream society that we are like Martians. The adults who were in cults as adults only fit in much better, and their stories are easily received. They use the language, gestures, and look like society in most cases, and therefore are more relatable. They're like me, society thinks as they listen to their story. Whereas, and psychologists agree, children who grow up in cults have no societal norms. It's harder for society to get its proverbial head around a cult victim who grew up in a compound, abandoned by their parents on command of the leader, used and abused as a norm every day. It's something that society doesn't really want to face. But that's exactly why young people who run away, like I did with a dollar in my pocket, struggle with thoughts of suicide, struggle with wanting to disappear. It's starting over to the maximum degree, and not everyone makes it. Some people were even told by leaders that leaving would result in scary and horrible immediate death. They literally set us up for fear of society and failure in society in order to keep us as indentured servants. It's a sick game and a sick reality. If you're feeling down and no one's there to actually talk to, there is someone to talk to. Call the suicide prevention hotline anytime. This will pass. Please know that many of us have survived these thoughts especially with the holiday coming up that amplifies people's desire to fit in. It can be difficult for veterans of war and for cult survivors. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 anytime, day or night. There's a friendly person there that can remind you to value the life you have and that this too shall pass. Again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255, 800-273-8255, or search online the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The Frankie Files. It's harder for society to get its proverbial head around a cult victim who grew up in a compound. I was indoors for about six years with rare trips outside of the compound, so I know what I'm talking about. We are less adjusted to society and our programming is so different, so fake, so fantasy, so idealized and fantastical, so agreeable, impressionable, so group, so browbeaten, so used to punishment and overly zealous. We confess on ourselves and we're too obedient. It stands out. Some may just call us weird when we first get out of a cult or religious compound. The bigger problem, I believe, is that in accepting us, people would have to acknowledge that cults exist right in their midst. There was just one at Leesburg High School in Florida, in the midst of their high school, in their neighborhood, next door, unassumingly prevalent. Acknowledging adult children of cults means accepting that anyone can be programmed and indoctrinated. 
It means accepting that anyone can be psychologically abused. People do not want to admit that. That could lead to uncomfortable recognition of how they are propagandized sheep in the everyday world via television, movies, social media, and press. It's an inconvenient truth, to quote Al Gore. It eradicates the whole notion, which is propaganda, and I'll get into that in a minute. It eradicates the notion that only stupid people go to cults. I beg to differ. No. Families. Whole families go to churches and cults. The parent becomes hypnotized to separate from their children. The children get showered with attention by the leaders. The adults get told the child is special, an older soul, more developed on another level, another nonsense, at which point they're separated from their parent. The children are then completely robbed of their childhood development and begin to be treated as adults. Some even believe they are adults in little bodies and demand that they act so. The child then gets a bare minimum education. Either the church or group tries to comply with legal laws or they hide the children. The child is robbed of plans for their future. There is no plan because the end is nigh. Enter your doomsday prophecy here. California will fall into the ocean. The nuclear war will come. The second coming judgment day is upon us, etc., etc., etc. Fear is intrinsic in hypnosis. Hypnosis yields greater impressionability, and then it's a done deal. The child then adrift, lost at sea, floating in a sea of ideology, none of which will help them adjust in the real world when they leave. In fact, the whole world is scary or bad. Fables like fairy tales are told to young impressionable minds. Like Protégé says, Democriminal. If you leave, you'll experience death. Karma will get you instantly. The rapture will take place and your place in it will not be secure because you left. Only here is secure. You will be empty and experience spiritual death. All of these fables, the indoctrination, are nothing but propaganda. Mind control to get the most out of the child and the parent. Getting the most includes money the parent would have spent on the child's life. Money the parent would have spent on housing. Investments, a business venture, or investing in some way in the future for the family. Because there is no future if not at the church or call. Money the parent would have invested in the child's higher education. Let's hover for a moment. The college fund is often given to the cult or church quite immediately. It is tithed, and that's it. The parent only retains what is needed immediately, and because of that, is almost immediately financially insolvent. This is how the cult, the church, high-demand group, scam, stays alive. This is what trafficking is all about, and as Negan in The Walking Dead says, People are a resource. The kids also provide entertainment, a punching bag, and a sex doll for all the pent-up sexual desires of the clergy. Period. This abuse can last years once it's all set up. The kids provide labor, which allows the religion slash cult to expand without any cost. Only the child bears the cost. The family may be a great resource for the church for what seems to be on average of about 10 years. 
Then when their faith wanes or they somehow snap out of the hypnotic state, a number of things can happen. None of them are the family bands together and leaves together to start over. The cult has made sure of that. That's part of the strategy. The family who, and all families are, separated in the religious cult or the high demand group, they are used by the leaders against one another in incredibly mean-spirited ways. Rape, fear, threat, bribery, and more. Each member turns on each other. By the leader's design, each family member betrays each other. The family is used to hurt each other or used to leverage another family member. Once these damages are begrudgingly done to each other, once the family is tricked into hurting each other, the hate of each other cements the separation. So if any one of the family member leaves, it's almost certainly alone. No resources. Having not spoken to any extended family for years, even decades, the damages are painful, humiliating, almost unforgivable, and that's by design. This includes abandonment when the family member each leaves, alone. Those who stay in the church, cult, high-demand group are told they may have no contact with the defectors because they will tarnish and infect them with the wrong thoughts. Shunning is immediate and without question in most cases. Like a disease to be avoided, the cult leaders enforce a continued separation. Even when and if families leave separately and somehow get back in touch, the humiliation, built, anger, and shame remain. Like parting gifts from the cult leader who wrung the family out of all their resources. Like a rag that has been squeezed until it's completely dry. They are of no use. The ex-cult family members may keep in touch for financial or medical emergencies like a hollowed-out habit, an obligation that must be done, because unless the strength is there to unearth the hurt, shame, and anger of the past trauma, contact is obligatory and very painful. Depending upon the physical, emotional, mental, sexual, and financial trauma, the family has as little contact as possible, sadly, carrying on the shunning of each other taught by the cult or extreme demand group. The notion of family was destroyed. Unless willing to get to know each other anew, it is not worth maintaining contact as a family should. It truly hurts too much. The result is the separated cultist family creates a new family, whether through friends or marriage and kids. The desire to leave the painful memories behind is incredibly strong. The truth here that stands out is the family separation is forever. A couple members may overcome the grief, guilt, and hurt in order to reconcile, but it's very rare. Most just run away. And why not? Why don't those of us brought to a cult by family deserve happiness too? At the point of departure, if the cult kid gets out, they're a teen running away or an adult program to live in a communal closed environment. I'd love to see a study of the legions of adult children of cults and how we really adjust in the world. I'm sure it's not pretty. The shock is real for us. The limit of outside contact, limited wardrobe, limited information all adds up. As the doctor in episode four of my uh, podcast said, John Knopp, he says, we adult children of cults are from another planet. When you're hidden in a group, not allowed to spend time on self at all, 
Very little self-care, no self-development, no professional development, hardly any sleep, no social development. Trust me, people notice you're not like them, not socialized. Poor kitties. You can look exactly like society, dress like them, talk like them, and good luck with that. And good luck with that when you've been a sycophantic parrot for a decade or more. Habits die hard, but you get a plan after your first awkward encounter. You create a cover story that someone raised in society can understand. You're a single parent child with mom at work all the time, a latchkey kid, and you go with it. Because what's to be avoided is getting too close to people to enable the questions. You can't let the questions begin. When you do, you start hearing questions which you haven't even answered yourself. Why, why, why? That's to be avoided. But I know I felt like I was walking around with a glowing red light on my forehead for a while. I felt I stood out. The Frankie Files. I was used to a lot of attention from the public from birth, being a redheaded twin. But even after I was separated from my twin and I left the cult and I was painfully separated from the closest person to me in my life, who looks exactly like me, my roommate, even just being a redhead, people could always sniff out. There was something else. They wanted to get to the bottom of that something. So I would remove myself. Being in entertainment and waitressing for decades was good because rarely were there long-term relationships required. That's when the cracks began to show. In the longer exposure to someone, you can get a job and appear normal, but interpersonal relationships will suffer greatly. When people start to notice there's something wrong with your very processing of life, it makes things awkward, and the adult child of cults runs and runs and runs until they hit a wall and can't run anymore, finally having to face all the pain up front. So I chose being a loner. I wanted to spend time learning about the world I'd missed during my youth. I had already learned quite enough about people. And like the fictional story, Lord of the Flies or The Beach, I'd already seen what the group dynamic can be, how it devastates all involved. At least with distance between me and people, I could see it coming. I almost never got lonely, almost. The reality is people can be very destructive, and nobody knows this more than adult children of cults. When hurt, abused, in all ways, we saw our family and the entire group turn on us, abandon us, reject and betray us. When you see that up close and personal, it can be incredibly difficult to not be edgy around other humans. They're flipping dangerous, you know? Even when you want to, you so want to trust and be near them. Once bitten, twice shy, as the saying goes. I believe as an adult child of a cult member, we should and others in society should allow us as much space as we need. Society should support and get behind survivors like me, in part because we have a lot to offer. Also in part because we did not choose to be taken or born into a high-demand society. We have tried greatly to make use of our lives in this world against all odds. It was a decision beyond our control that resulted in this, this stuff we now must attend to. We didn't choose sort of like you didn't choose to be born in a certain country. 
It just happens to you. But to the press, to media, to you, psychologists, sociologists, cult experts, religious abuse counselors, and politicians, it is time, high time, that you pay attention to adults who are children in extreme religions and cults. Stop favoring cult survivors who went to a cult on their own. The kids were taken by an authority of their legal guardians. As an adult who was 12 years in a religious cult aged 8 to 22, I'm aghast at what I see happening on the cult survivor circuit. People who are famous and were in a cult get listened to first. Those who are the loudest and in for a very short time as an adult are listened to next. And coming in last, those who sustained the most damage by no choice of their own, those who didn't have the resources to run, those young people who were exposed to extreme beliefs before they even knew who they were in this world, get the least airtime. Why? Because us cult kids shove in society's face that possibly society ain't that grand. That society fails, that cults flourish and are allowed to go on and on hurting people, and that most of all, society is bigoted and does not know what to do with us. <laughs> I'm not bitter, though. Leave your comments on today's show via the contact page at frankiefilespodcast.com. Comments will be read on an upcoming show. You may also leave a voice comment via Anchor. See the link in this show's description. Follow, subscribe, like, and donate if you can help the show stick around. And most of all, take good care of yourself. Ultimately, you have to do that. You best know how to do so. Until next time. The Frankie Files podcast is researched, written, recorded, and edited by me, Frankie Tees. The Frankie Files, Cults, Mind Control, and Sexuality in Society by Frankie Tees. The Frankie Files.